Dear listener, welcome to your favorite New Life program. This is Adventist World Radio, the voice of hope. I'm your presenter, Samuel Mwangi. Joanna Mombe is in standby with the health segment today. She will talk about sun-damaged skin. Thereafter, Pastor Paul Lohonya will join us during the Bible segment to talk about sin of Nadab and Abihu. But first, let us listen to Akesha singers with the song, Kuzaliwa Kwa Yesu. Shall we be 
Welcome back, dear listener. It's time for the health segment with Joan Umambia. Be blessed. Welcome to today's show, dear listener. Today we're going to talk about mechanism, characteristics, complications, Treatment of sun-damaged skin. I'm your presenter, Joan Omambia. There are children who spend countless hours a day after day playing in the sun and adults who are forced to work in direct sunlight as a routine part of their job. Often, after years of living this lifestyle, they develop rough, scaly patches on the exposed skin of their head or arms and they become worried that their long exposure to the sun has damaged their skin to the extent that it has now progressed to skin cancer. I want to talk today about abnormal growths that can develop on the skin following a long history of sun exposure and when you need to seek medical attention. We will discuss two common types of skin growths. Both are patches of change on areas of skin that have been exposed to the sun, skin on the surface, lips, 
ears, scalp, arms, or on the back of the hands. The first type of growth is a rough, scaly patch with the medical name solar keratosis, a name given to skin that has been directly damaged by the sun. This type of growth can degenerate into skin cancer. It must be differentiated from the other type of growth, which can develop on the same areas of skin as a brown, black, or pale colored growth. It carries the name seborrheic keratosis, and it has a waxy, scaly, slightly thickened appearance that looks as though it is pasted onto the skin. These growths are painless. Their exact cause is not known, but these growths frequently occur in certain families and they do not degenerate into cancer. They require no treatment and are of little concern except for their appearance. Skin is a living organ that can regenerate itself if it is damaged or destroyed. Normally, Healthy new skin cells develop in an orderly fashion in the deepest part of the skin. As these new cells develop, they push older cells toward the skin's surface, where the older cells die and are eventually rubbed off. When skin becomes damaged by the sun, it is the new cells growing in the depths of the skin that are damaged, and these damaged cells become the abnormal growths you can see and feel. Your skin is more likely to become sun-damaged if you live in a sunny climate, are light-skinned, have red or blonde hair, or if your eyes are blue. If you have had years of excessive sun exposure and now develop a new growth on areas of exposed skin, know that skin cancer is the most common form of cancer. Even in developed countries such as the United States, where 3.5 million skin cancers are diagnosed every year. Because skin cancers develop on exposed areas of the body, they can be identified and treated early, making them highly curable. The cure rate for these cancers is as high as 98%. Even though treatment may require surgery to remove the tumor, and that can be disfiguring. The death rate climbs if there is a delay in treatment. Let me describe the progression of sun-damaged skin growths in more detail. These growths enlarge slowly. They take years to develop, and they usually cause no symptoms early on. When symptoms do occur, the growth becomes a rough, dry, or scaly patch of skin, usually less than one inch or 21.5 centimeters in size. As the skin damage progresses, the growth will begin to itch or burn. If it is rubbed or scratched off, it will return. These growths can sometimes disappear without treatment, but they return if they are exposed to more sun. Because it can be difficult for you to tell the dangerous growths from the ones that will not become cancer, it is best if you have any change in sun-exposed skin checked by a doctor, especially if the growth begins to grow rapidly or if it begins to bleed and doesn't heal. This could be signs that the damaged skin has degenerated 
into cancer. Doctors can usually diagnose precancerous skin damage by merely examining the skin. If there is any doubt, your doctor may take a small sample of the growth in the office for examination under a microscope. It is impossible to tell exactly when a sun-damaged growth finally degenerates into skin cancer or which of many growths will become cancerous. So, all of the sun-damaged precancerous growths are usually treated as a precaution before any have become cancerous. Treatment options may include freezing the growths with an extremely cold substance or destroying the damaged skin with a powerful light beam if your doctor has access to the necessary equipment. Your doctor can also scrap off the damaged cells completely and stop the skin bleeding with an electric current once the abnormal skin has been made numb with medication. Or chemicals that will kill abnormal cells and allow new, normal cells to form in the deep parts of the skin can be applied to the precancerous growths. The easiest way one can protect against suffering the complications of sun-damaged skin is to prevent the damage in the first place. Avoid sunburns. Sunburns increase your risk of developing skin cancer. Set time limits on how long you will spend outdoors. If you have to be out in the direct sun, apply a sunscreen to all exposed skin, including your lips. Apply it 20 minutes before going out and reapply it every two hours. Also, wear clothing that covers your arms and legs and a broad-brimmed hat because a hat provides more protection from the sun than a cape. Finally, examine your skin regularly, looking for new skin growths or changes in growths that are already present. With the help of mirrors, check your face, neck, ears and scalp. Health Nuggets is written by Dr. Richard Euclid, a medical doctor working in the United States. The medical views expressed in this program are his and may differ for your particular health needs. If you need medical advice, please consult a medical professional in your area. Till next time, I've been your host, Joan Omandia. Welcome back, dear listeners, and I hope that you're enjoying the program. I'm your presenter, Samuel Mangi. For your views, comments, or questions about the show, kindly write to the producer, Adventist All Radio, P.O. Box 42276-00-100, Nairobi, Kenya, or email us through AWR Nairobi at ek.adventist.org. Let us now listen to Acacia Singers with the song Njohoni Tusemezani.
It is now time for the Bible segment. Join me as I invite Pastor Wahonya. Welcome, Pastor. Today we want to look at the sin of Nadab and Abihu. Dear friend, Nadab and Abihu, whose story we find in Leviticus chapter 10, verse 1 to 10, were no simple people. They were the sons of Israel's priest, the nephews of Israel's leader, the head of Israel's princely elders. They had been chosen and consecrated to the priesthood, and in all the camp of Israel, Moses and Aaron alone had higher dignity than that of Nadab and Abihu. Yet in spite of all these privileges that we have mentioned, they fell into the pit of destruction. What was the nature of their sin? The sin that called forth God's immediate indignation and drastic punishment. Dear friend, when we read Leviticus chapter 10, verse 1 to 2, the Bible briefly points out their sin when it says, Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it, put censer on it, and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he had not commanded them. So fire went out from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. What a sad ending of people who are well-placed, well-privileged. Beloved, the Bible says, they offered strange fire before the Lord. What a shocking accident. What an unfortunate end to the lives of two promising young people. Shortly before these two committed this sin, they had spent a week in study and meditation, preparing for the day when they would begin their sanctuary service. They had assisted their father as he offered sacrifices and had brought the blood of the victims to him. They had witnessed the solemn service of dedication and had themselves been sprinkled with sacrificial blood. Dear listener, they had been thoroughly indoctrinated and were fully acquainted with the sacredness of God's work. They therefore had no reason to use strange fire instead of the prescribed fire from the altar of burnt offering which God himself had kindled and was therefore sacred. Why then? Did they involve themselves in such an act? What could have dulled and benumbed their sense of perception? Dear friend, we are told that Nadab and Abihu would never have committed that fatal sin had they not first become partially intoxicated by the free use of wine. This resulted in their minds becoming confused and their moral perceptions dulled. Wine and strong drink, dear friend, can so benumb the faculties of a person that he fails to make a clear distinction between right and wrong, between holy and unholy, 
between clean and unclean. The use of liquors has the effect to weaken the body, confuse the mind, and debase the morals. That is why, beloved, in Proverbs 31 verse 34, God counsels and says, Do not gaze at wine when it is red, when it sparkles in the cup, when it goes down smoothly, in the end it bites like a viper. Your eyes will see strange sights and your mind imagine confusing things. You will be like one sleeping on the high seas, lying on top of the rigging. This is the disastrous effect of intoxicating drinks that many people today, like Nadab and Abihu, forget. And so, dear listener, you are a special person before God. God says that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, that you are bought at a price. Therefore, you need to honor God with your body. Let me invite you today to think seriously about the sin of Nadab and Abihu. And may God help you in your daily life to stay clear of any intoxicating drink that your body will be given to your God completely. And God will bless you. Dear listener, we have come to the end of our program. Thank you for keeping me company. For your views, comments, or questions about the show, write to the producer, Adventist All Radio, P.O. Box 42276, code 00100, Nairobi, Kenya, or email us through awr at ek.adventist.org. Until next time, may our God be with you. I've been a presenter, Samuel Mangi. Zali wa kwa kwa na Yesu zili